Your Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And today, we're talking to the brand new member of the All Elite roster. William Regal is here. Yes, the legendary William Regal made a surprise AEW debut at Revolution last weekend after the Brian Danis and John Moxley uh, war. And I've got Regal here today on Talk is Jericho. Uh, we're going to talk all about his surprise appearance and signing to AEW how that all happened we were going to talk about his 22 years at WWE, all the work he did for nxt talent relations and development and everything he did but the conversation took a turn a very serious turn as it sometimes does as talk as jericho and while we did talk about some of the stuff he's done for nxt uh, especially over the last few years and his thoughts on being in aw we mostly talked about william regal's recent near-death experience his emergency open heart surgery his surprise neck surgery his surprise back surgery it's been a hard few years for William Regal, one of my oldest friends in the wrestling business. And in this very emotional conversation, he walks us through his health issues and scares and explains how he persevered through it all and not only survived, but thrived. And he was so candid in sharing his incredible and inspiring story that we didn't have time to talk about all the other things we had planned. So we're going to have to have him back on very soon to get some of these stories that, uh, that we were planning on talking about. But trust me, uh, this is very, very, very... Uh, emotional, uh, Regal, I think he burst into tears about three times. A lot of information that I didn't know. I don't think anybody really knew just how bad his health was over the last few years uh, and how many things he went through, things I've never even heard of before. So uh, get ready for this riveting and emotional Talk is Jericho with one of my oldest friends in wrestling, William Regal, right here, right now on Talk is Jericho. Okay, so one of the biggest surprises of on Revolution, which was a night of many surprises, was the uh, debut of William Regal to AW, which was a huge, sh- uh, not shock for me, because I had just spoken to Danielson about you days before, and he kind of was like, yeah, we have something in mind, and then here you are. So it was a, it was a big surprise. Was this something that you've been thinking about and talking about for a while, or was it kind of no. a shock for you as too? Very much a shock for me, and... By the way, hello, Nuddy. <laughs> hello. It's good to see you, man. Yes. Before we even get in, the moment that I saw you, it's like, gosh, I've known, known you since 1996, man. And, yes. you know, unfortunately, the way things have gone, there's not a lot of us that uh, that are left. So it's always, not, no. it's always good to see to see yeah. you from, from all those we years. We were supposed to hook up on the first day you arrived, right? And that didn't work out, but we hooked up at the building. That is the truth. Uh, ah, Chris okay. Chris uh, Benoit had said Regal's going to pick you up at the airport or something along those lines, or he's going to meet you somewhere, and we just didn't connect. But you were the first guy, or one of the first guys I actually saw at the, at the building, at the arena. That led to a lot of things, but I always, because I, as same as you, traveled the world a lot. Right. If I heard there was any, especially... Can you use the term foreigner anymore? Is that I think that's okay. Right? Foreigner's all right. <laughs> I know what that's like to go. I spent a lot of time from being 20 to 24, which is four years goes by like that now. But at that time, it was a lot of time traveling. Yes. I went to 19 countries in that amount of time. And I know what it's like to be a foreigner abroad. And so when I, uh, you know, anybody coming in, like all the Lucha guys, anybody, I would always make sure that they were okay and did you need anything and let me, you know, help you out and whatever. And I heard you you coming in and I'd heard about you and they, like, certain people tell me, oh, you know, he's okay, so I'm going to go and look look out for you. If I'd have known then that you were an American, I wouldn't have bothered. (laughs) 
<laughs> I always thought you were Canadian. I was, well, I was trying to help out. Another, so it's, you would have helped me halfway. Slip back into my old self there. No, but that, that that's thats how it started, isn't it? We, we I, Whatever your first day was, we were there. And I thought, that's I right. You'll know, because you're smart. And by the way, congratulations that you're you're smart. And I tell everybody to do this now, because I come from a different what, time when it was... Used to have a saying in England that wrestling, once you got in the wrestling, it was very difficult. Don't be a punter. Don't be a punter. Punter. Explain punter, what a punter, punter is. Punter isn't, isn't a bad thing. A punter is a fan. Uh, it's not a derogatory term. It's just everybody's a punter in England for something. You're a, you're a punter if whatever you like. That's right. you're a punter for it. But they used to say like it's not. A, it's an, I hate. I've never ever used the term mark. I hate that term. I think it's a nasty, horrible, derogatory term to call somebody who's willing to give you their time. Mm-hmm. That money and whatever with this job, what you should think about is people are willing to give you their precious time mm, to watch you. Way to think of it. Watch you do your thing. You should never look down on them because if you do, you'll stay at that level. I think you won't th- try to better your craft. I think you get to a certain bar. Ah, what's it matter? It's only mm-hmm. uh, you play right, and or you've been to thousand concerts and, and, and I did when I was younger and some of the same bands we went to yeah. still, right and they're still about yeah. but would you like to spend your hard-earned money to go to see a band thinking that they were looking down on you thinking look at these idiots mm. well that's what a mark is and and so when wrestlers talk like that, I've never talked like that because and, and I'm I'm the only well, me and Robbie, me and Robbie Brooks are the only real carny, what, carny, carnival wrestlers left in this industry. Well, we're not, obviously, no longer doing this, but we're still in it. But I've never talked like that, mm-hmm. with that nonsense way of thinking. And I think it holds people back on being open-minded to, to do things differently or the way you look at your audience. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what's kept me around, because mm-hmm. I've never... Had that silly notion. You got to respect your your audience. Yes, every yeah. one of them. It doesn't yeah. matter how many they are. So anyway, um, but there used to be a saying in England: all the wrestlers, when you were, you know, I was a teenager, don't be a punter, don't be a punter. So if they'd have found me writing <laughs> down the smart thing, like you did, is write down, which I tell people to do now, uh. write down. Everywhere you go, every experience you have, and, and and every match you have, because one day that's all you'll have. Mm-hmm. And you did it, and you were from a just a, whatever amount of years after me. Like I started full time in '84, mm-hmm. so you was what, I was '90, '90. So big change by then, really by you know yeah. the late '80s, things were changing in England. Like it was very very different business by by the, the early '90s in England. It was starting to change you know and um it was don't be a punter and and like and so you you get out that in my house i don't have one single thing that you would know i was a wrestler nothing on the wall nothing on the walls there's no i don't own any Mm. and and now i go well that's all i've really got not that i want it because my wife wouldn't have it Mm because she like puts me in my place (laughs) you know Um, but I i remember bad news alan 
when somebody's picture was in a wrestling magazine and this is early 90s 90 91 attitude was still around where it's like are oh, you looking at yourself at a, uh, looking at a picture in a wrestling magazine you know the only people that look at pictures in a wrestling magazine are marks or a derogatory term that we are no longer allowed to say about somebody's sexual orientation uh which one are you and i remember just thinking like I thought it was cool that it was my first picture I've ever had in the magazine. I wasn't flaunting it, but I happened to have it in my bag, you know? So that was kind of the, uh, the, the mindset at that point in time, like you said, where if you collected anything, you were almost a mark, you know, the word we just said, we don't want to use, but you were a mark or a punter within the business itself, which was the worst thing you could be accused of. Yes. Well, uh, when I heard you'd done that, I haven't looked at it, but I, sh- I should do, but the world's been a bit, mad the last few years when it came out right i never got around to haven't been to the bookstore for forever but that was really smart that you did that and, and take no and i think lance always did that and you know Actually, lance I, didn't. the only didn't, other guy oh. i know that has done this uh, apparently frankie kazarian did it good uh, is doing it i think tommy dreamer said he started at some point but then forgot whatever but the only person that i know for sure from day one until now is me So, um, and that's why I decided to put the book out because it is, I remember when I asked Keith Hart, first day of wrestling school, he was taking questions and I said, how many matches have you had? He said, that's a kind of a dumb question. Nobody knows that. And I was like, how would nobody know that if I want to see how many games Wayne Gretzky's played, I'll go to a library at the time, library and look it up. So I might only have one match or no matches or 10,000 matches or anything in between, but I would like to know at least my, mm-hmm. you know, game schedule. So what, what, what was, I had like a 4,000 figure. So what it was wasn't 4,000, it was 2,700 oh, and I think it's probably, I think it's probably close to 2,800 now. Okay. So I worked out in 30 years, not in the first year, I can't really count, although it is st- 39 years on June the 4th will be 39 years since I had my first whatever you call it match yeah but I was 15 so let's say when I was 16 but we used to work ridiculous amount of shows in a week in the summer seasons in England and every the, the company that I work for Worldwide Wrestling Promotions of Blackpool every show that we did in the summer there was an afternoon show and a night show but every show was a singles match and then an hour break and then the same four guys in the tag so at least two shows so every day four shows four matches four matches every day two matches per show two shows two a, sh- at a minimum sometimes three which <laughs> that was five days a week for 20 weeks wow. summer seasons and i still obviously things have changed but there's people here like uh i'm sorry i can't remember his name now but daniel wheeler Dan Garcia? F- F- FDR. Cash Wheeler. Cash. I'm sorry, yeah, Cash. Sorry. <laughs> so I think he was the last person that I sent over there. You know, like Edge had asked me to sort of take him under my wing a bit. And so I sent him over there. I sent Daniel Bryan over there. When, But by then it was down to six-week seasons. Mm-hmm. Six weeks just is when the children are on holiday in, in, for summer holidays. It used to be 20-week seasons. And these are holiday camps, holiday which is camps, basically a yeah. big area where families go families to go, a bunch yeah. of different activities. activities. And because it rains all the time, yeah. you're pretty much guaranteed a family, or- which is a great place to learn a family audience of a load of children and a load of, and children will tell you very quickly if you're doing the right <laughs> yeah, thing, right. Not, which is a good place to learn. But there were 
great places to go and just get reps and loads of reps. Yeah. We were talking about how you weren't really thinking about coming to AW no. or getting back into the no, business. I, really I was, at all. Once I was released, I went home two weeks before Christmas. The reason being, which might get to, um, the last time my family were all together was 2018 for Christmas and I was in hospital for eight weeks um, and I insisted uh, I was given at one point 24 hours to live I had, really? I had sepsis in my leg they were going to cut my leg off I had no oh, this idea is, this is January the 4th uh, to 2019 I'd, um, unbelievable uh, um, so I insisted on going home for Christmas because I you know I've been through a lot. Yeah. I I had a hell of a year 2018. Keep me on track here, Nod, because yeah. you've got a better memory than me. Oh. Sorry. It's a bit like... Now that I, yeah, I usually just tell people, but now I'm sat with you and I'm comfortable. It's like if it's like things hit you a little bit, right? Mm. Um, 2018, I, I'd, I'd had, you know, I'd, I'd had a lot of art trouble different times. And they keep, you know, I'd, it, and since... 1998 I got pericarditis and pericarditis is a inflammation of the sac around your heart and what it does is scar that sac so your heart can beat but that sac can sort of lock down mm -hmm. but because I was always you know I always might not have looked like it that I trained as hard as I did but I always did all the squat always breathing taking you know bumps in wrestling it kept that from locking down and going solid the skin there's a skin around your heart your pericardium well then i i went to india got really sick no Remember still that? nobody knows what yeah we were all up. over there together I was yeah. up for a year yeah. right um i came back and a few months later it hit me really bad and i was off for a year this is another story um and so i'd had bouts on and off right at the same time now I know that I've been wrestling with a broken neck since 1993. What? Yes. <laughs> Through your whole rest of your career? Yes. Oh my from goodness. The, from the first year I came to America, there's a match that I had when, the, I know it just sounds like I'm saying, the first, the, the, the first time I won the WCW television title, I had, um, I was on my, unbelievable, I was on my Ricky Steamboat and I'm 25 years old and you can actually watch this. The finish is me giving him a German suplex. And if you watch, you, you know I can fall into a bridge. I I land and you can you, you can see it clear as day if you watch this right now. And my you see my neck, my head hits and my neck just oh. goes to the side and it went crack. Mm. And all my arms went dead. Ah. And it was never right after that. It was never right. But it, it's all got better it went away and what I used to get a lot was all this spasming in my left trap and my neck would get stiff but because I, I, I know I kept I always bridged and did all that stuff mm -hmm. right go blah 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 blah, blah. Well, this, I'm going off in different no, ways but all here, of these, but things, all these lead things lead to, to this yes so I ended up having my neck done in 2004 and that was the end of my, my wrestling career was eventually 2013 I, I wasn't wrestling that much I was winding down doing a lot of commentary whatever I was doing with NXT um, which was all 
great. And I knew my time, but, you know, I was beat up. You do a full-time... Because I've worked it out. Out of... If you take away the last few years of my career, take away the... When I say I started the first year, so we go from 1994 to when I finished. Apart from a year being out, a few times off, and I took very little time off for injuries with some major injuries, and just di you just didn't, you yep. just never said it's anything. The way it was back then, just didn't do it. And a couple of suspensions. I wrestled solidly, minimum of 150 days a year, minimum for 26 years. Wow. But like you were smart because you used to take a couple yeah. of years off every now and then when you you knew you had things like I, you were smart because you had other well i don't have any interests or anything else going on and it was always that thing that was drilled into me i always thought if i can just get a 20-year career i was in wonderland that's why you never heard me used to moan about anything everybody else i was happy being a wrestler Oh, it was that. It was a being a bricklayer. That was my life. That mm -hmm. was what I was going to be. That was your path. There's yeah. no, you know, although I was lucky enough to live in a nice house in England, I'm a very from a very working class family. I never saw my dad out of a pair of overalls covered in cement because he was he was a brick. You know, he had his own construction business. We had a nice house because he saved every penny and kept adding to it and building it on his Himself, own time. Yeah, yeah. So, but. I come from a very working class family. My life was to be a bricklayer. That was it. And I always knew that I wasn't cut out for that. So I once I got into this job, and I always wanted to do this, and, and it was an hard thing to get. You don't want to go into all these things about oh, back in the day. That, cause, but it is the truth. You know, yeah. It was very hard. There was no such thing as a wrestling school. Yeah. There was, you had to find a wrestler who would give you a chance to, to get in. And that's an, I've told that story mm -hmm. enough, and you are probably on... Yeah, you have, yeah. On this show before. But I was happy being a wrestler. Every mm. day was a bonus for me. Even if I was tired and knackered and worn out and run down. Right. Because my, like, my dad still probably thinks I'm going to go back and start his, his career. Because <laughs> he's coming to shut down. He worked till he was 82. Yeah. Right? And he, he didn't want to shut down. And he still, every time, I, every week I, I speak to him, every time I speak to him, he still regrets it. He said, I wish I could keep working. He's 87. Mm. And he, he would. He would force himself to work. But yeah. he, he just... He, Can't do it anymore, Circumstances right. didn't work out that way. But all of these... Things add up. So, added, right. So, let's go forward. I, I, had my, I had quite a bit of things with my neck. So, they did the first... 2013, I ended up having my last match with... I sort of made a thing in my head. There was a few people close to me. Obviously, Brian Danielson won, and then I'd met Claudio Cesaro along the way, uh, him. I happened to meet John Moxley, and so, by fortune, we were together at the right time and the right place, and Dusty Rhodes went, what about you two doing something together? And I was doing commentary at FCW, so we ended up having which is a lost little thing, but we had a whole year, one whole year of a, of a which most people never get. No. We had a one year program. program. And it, if it's ever put together, there is a few little things that are put together, but it's not all of it. If you actually put that story together, it, it's probably the, the greatest thing I ever did as far as a story. Between the four of you? Just me and John. Oh, just you and Mox? Oh, okay. Yeah. You mentioned Cesaro and Danielson. I'm sorry. I'm, okay, just I'm, you and Mox. This is gotcha. where you got to keep me on track. I got it. I've got 
that's I've got too much stuff in, it, in the old. <laughs> but like you said, out. though, that is a forgotten angle because yes. I totally forgot about it. Yeah. You just mentioned it after my last real run, which was the ECW thing, um, which I loved, by the way, because I got to me and you did some good stuff. Mm -hmm. Little bits at times you came on there. We always and I had an incredible year with Christian doing stuff, and my body was shot. And I'm 42 by then, you know, and you just if I. And I'm like, good. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. at peace with it, right? Yes. I, I didn't think I'd get this far. I thought I'd get 20 years because that's what I, that's what everybody's thing was at one time. <laughs> when yeah. I, and so I started. I thought I'm going to be done. Toast. I was from day one. The promoter Bobby Barron, who I, I worked for, bless him, said, like you. Well, day one that I actually, he thought I was going to stay around. He said, let me tell you, son, you come in this job with nothing, you leave it with nothing, you're going to be crippled up. It doesn't owe you anything. And don't forget, you're always in a bent business. I mean, a crooked business, right? So I never had any... You know, Aspirations like, of, yeah. <laughs> there's all these things, whatever anybody wants to think of. I just did what I... Oh, you want to make me this? Okay. And then I just <laughs> did it. And you know that, right? Yeah. I can tell you that I've... I won't say who, but there's a certain person... I, I used to take all all these young people that were coming along 20-odd years ago. I... I and a lot of it because of Brian. The only people, only reason people know me now is because of Brian, really, because such a lot of young people. How have you got time, your frame of reference, to know who I am? Really? Right. If you're 25, how have you, if you watch wrestling all the time, how have you got, to, every second there's a complete new frame of reference That's for right. you. There's so much wrestling out there. and there's So so you might have heard, of my, but it's probably because you might have heard my name mentioned with his. People think it was a good thing that he came into, uh, oh, you, he trained. No, it was a great, the best thing was him coming into my life and him wanting to pick my brain. Mm -hmm. And so it gave me something. But it also, all these young people that were coming in the job, they all realised, oh, this fella will actually give us the time of day. And when everybody else used to be, I don't play cards, I don't play dominoes, I don't do pack mentality, where I gossip, you, you know, I, I, yeah. I just do me. I'd be out by the ring. I'd be doing my squats and my push-ups when I could. Or I always did my squats, no matter what state I was in, my shoulders and my neck or whatever. And then uh, the extras used to come up and I used to help them. And I used to talk to them because that's what the best people you could ever ha have, which is Fit and Marty Jones and Terry Rudge and Pete Roberts and all these fellas from Britain, these lost well not fits not but these fellas yep. that were and Rocco and all these people that were incredible did for me once they knew I was sticking around yeah right so I would do it for them doesn't matter where you how you start don't none of that nonsense in your head about oh well they're not proper they haven't done this they haven't paid it no I, I was a kid once and I went to the and I said can I I want to do this well do that and that's how I got in so I'm, I'm as long as you don't upset me or I'll give you my time Mm -hmm. as much as I can which turned into a job later on right it was yeah so and they used to they had to about try and make up a title for me as a job was like, what? I said I don't know I just do me I just do me I don't know I just do me and that's that's what I do I, I, I just go around and I do a bit of whatever and I do me and that's really all I ever, I've ever done so going forward there was a few people I did a match with Brian that was we were I don't know how, it was when I wasn't really wrestling. And we did a match on Superstars. We were, we wrestled each other for two weeks in England, or in Europe, 
I couldn't believe it. I was getting two weeks with Brian and we went out and I tore it up every night. The night before the TV, we were in Birmingham and he gave me that drop kick in the corner and my, my, my good knee, I tore the meniscus in it. Hmm. But I knew I was on with him the next day and I was going to go out because I thought this is it. You know, I, there's all, I know that my neck's not right. I know that, oh, not long before that, I tore my pec and my other bicep, on me, <laughs> which I never got fixed because I had one torn bicep from 2000. And, actually, I don't remember when it was because it was two weeks after 9-11 when mm. we did that show at the, was you on that show at the garden? Yeah. That we did for all the families. Yeah. It was the only time that I wrestled a singles match with Kurt Angle. Oh, we wow. were supposed to go into a program together and that was the first match we did and I did a thing where I just, it was outside the ring and I used to grab somebody by the back of the trunks and, and the, the neck and I'd throw them against the bottom rope from the outside yeah, 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 so yeah, they'd yeah, spring yeah. off the, and spring towards me so I could nail, nail them. them. Right. And as I did that, this uh, the right bicep just went ping. Mm. So I got through that match but that gave me two or three weeks off. I wouldn't get it fixed. Now I'll get back to work. Kurt had moved on. Ah. It's just how it goes. That's how right? it goes, yeah. Life. But then we were in, uh, we got back from Europe at some point and I was in a, now I could have this in a bit of the wrong order, but I was on Raw in a, in a battle royal and it was Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase and I had to knock them both mm. out. And I never clothesline people. You just see that I don't, and I clotheslined both of them out and I felt just rip, my, my, my left pec just ripped and my left bicep ripped. Jeez, you were beat up. <laughs> so, you know, it was, Yeah. And, and let's face facts, I'm a rogue and I've, you know, I've, I've lived hard, like for a few years in, in my younger yeah. days, I, I ate it hard, you know, 24 hour party people, you know, mm. so, <laughs> and you know that, and you were around, so, yeah. And through all the, but so it puts light and a lot of miles and a lot of whatever on mm -hmm. your body, right? Sure it does. So once I tore me, 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 me meniscus in my, my right leg, but the next night I'm on with Brian. They were going, no, you can't wrestle. You can't wrestle. I said, no, I want to put him out because he's, he's the person who stuck around me and listened to all my nonsense for the last <laughs> and, and come and called me and, and that sent me his stuff and, and I've sent him to places and put good words in for him and whatever else. No, I'm going to, if there's one person I want to have my last match with, it's him. So if you watch that match, you will see me walk down to the ring and then they actually played a rib on me and played my old man's man's music <laughs> halfway down the ramp. And I'm glad because I was, they had to help me in the building that day. I couldn't walk. Mm. And I don't like giving away wrestling. You know, I'm, I mm. am that old fashioned mm. things, but he did them. If you watch that match, it's 17 minutes of him carrying me because I can't walk. Um, sorry. No. It's amazing, man. Um, he did a masterful job. He actually even wrestled and did stuff on my leg without bending it. And you, if you know that and you go into that with this and watch what a masterful job he did of carrying me. Mm. And he even bent, looked like he bent my leg around the corner post and never bent. And we came out there and I thought, and I, I put him, I was, I was happy, like I put him over. Hopefully somebody is going to pay attention to this because this lad's something special. Yeah. Which I, they already were, but it was just my little thing. That's it. I'm mm. done now. I'm probably, that's it. Because I was already doing bits of commentary and that's it. I'm gone. And um, I came back and Mr. McMahon was there and he, I never thought he watched Superstars. 
and he was right there to meet us and he shook hands and Brian walked off and he went, thank you very much. He said, that was a good old proper wrestling match. He said, that lad's going to make a good villain, isn't he? Because we were in England, see? people mm. were, you know, the mm. kind of reactions I used to get. I don't know why. Okay. Well, I do know why, yeah. because I think people always knew they were in on the ride with me. Yes. They always knew I wasn't this, whatever I was playing, this character I used to play, this, this Disney villain, pantomime <laughs> villain as I used to be, and we've done enough stuff that you know yeah. what that is. But this, this character that I used to play, or still play if I have to, and turn into it in a, in a, in a blink of an eye. Um, but people used to cheer me, so they were booing him when he was doing it. So he turned it, Brian turned it up. You know, and, and just snarled a bit and did his thing. And Mr. Man said, he's going to make a good villain. And it's funny, I don't know if Brian even knows that. And then two months later, he started turning him villain. And then all the stuff we came. It, it's just funny. So I, I was like really happy that I've done that for him. Yeah. Right? And now I'm happy to go. I've had, by then it was like 28 years. Mm. I'm eight years past myself by day. Yeah. I got the 20 <laughs> years. I got the 20 year badge. Yeah. I didn't care about anything else. I got that. I wasn't a bricklayer for 20 years. Right? I didn't have to look at a row of bricks in front of me. I was off doing stuff, right? So, but I went, NXT started. And so I was, and we had, there was whatever's going on me. And I was the first person that, as far as I know, that H pulled in and said, right. So, okay, what's your vision for this? Okay, so don't need to tell that story now. Here with William Regal, and we were just talking about your influential role in NXT. We did what we did, and it was a, yeah. a great thing for a lot of people. I'm, I'm very great success, and I'm really, I have no, actually, no ill will at all for anybody. I'm really happy because it needed some kind of change because things had changed. Mm -hmm. This place had come along, and did, you know, different yeah. things. So it's just it needed, and so that 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 went on, but. For whatever reason, there came a point where I got to wrestle Cesaro. And going into that, I mean, I had to get in. I didn't look great because, again, I got withered arms by then. I knew I had a bad neck, but didn't realise how bad. Really didn't realise how bad. Once this is finished, if you care to see them, and this can be another day, I will show you the pictures of, because I've got them on my phone, of... Not only my heart operation, film of my heart when my, they opened me up, but film of my, I've got the things of my neck and how bad it was, mm. right? There's some, it's yeah, not yeah. good, right? I'm the only wrestler, I, I can tell, tell you this, I'm the only wrestler in the world, who, as far as I know, who's got four discs fused. Wow. Usually it's just two, right? Two to three. Wow. A bad one's three, I've got four. So I had a match with Cesaro, again, somebody who I've known for a long time and think the world of got to put him over right time to go that wasn't actually my last match because the following year uh, in 2014 we went to um, Dubai to do a tryout and Sami Zayn came with us and at the end of it the tryout I went ah, let's because pretty much everybody there Everybody that was there, um, none of them had ever seen wrestling, pro wrestling. It's weird, right? And I did a lot of that. This, this is a, a, a strange thing. Most of the people that we went to see 
my job, a lot of it was to fill up network content or maybes of we may be going there or we may be, mm. uh, we've got, the TV's just gone on in such and such. We need we need somebody from there. We need somebody from there. So, and so you would go to these countries, countries and take a look at what, take, what the locals look local, like. Canyon Seaman, who I work for and with, is a hell of a fella, a wonderful fella. And when he came on board, Triple H said, can you just look after him? And I said, right. And I said, look, let's start off on the right foot. Let me take care of the wrestling and then you just take care of everything else. You take care of the athletes and, and contracts and that. I don't need to know anything else. Don't tell me I'm going to be the person who has just gives myself to these people and helps them in any way. I will make the connections. I will stop people taking you for a ride. Mm. And pretty much there isn't anywhere in the world that I don't know somebody. Yeah. And you know that, right? Because right? Right. my ties <laughs> go back a long way, more than most people could ever imagine. Yeah with a, a lot of people. If I don't know somebody, I know somebody who knows somebody. Yeah. And I'm usually on good terms with most everybody, even little things that is still a thing that I've got, right? So we did this tryout and all these people, none of them, maybe a couple of them had actually seen the, the, the rest of it. You might know more than me. At the time, like when we were traveling, you you did the same. There was about 20 countries in the world that had any kind of wrestling. Some of them only so many months of the year. Yeah. WWE Network's in, or WWE's in 180 countries. They only know what they see off WWE. Some places we were getting people from, that these whoever Canyon organized this thing, because I didn't have anything to do with athletes. I just turned up, if it was wrestlers, I was looking at everybody everywhere. Right. That's what I did. I, studied everybody from everywhere paid attention to everything and then well, I would just turn up where, whatever country do this tryout and at the end of this tryout I thought well let's give them a flavour because I felt a bit froggy you know and, right. and Sami Zayn was there to help because he speaks Arabic right that's where he's and so he, he was the person I took with me and I always got on very well with with Sammy, you know, from I first met him in Toronto. Mm. He came as an extra and he hadn't got his mask on, but I knew he was. And I, he was with Brian. It's funny because he was with, sat with Brian on the <laughs> ring steps. And I went up and I went, oh. And, and he, he said, I, I don't know how you know him. I said, well, that's what I did. I've, I've always paid attention. I just, I'm happy for younger talent who do well. Right. I was never that old, miserable. Nah. Yeah, yeah, I might yeah, put yeah. somebody in a place now and then if I think they're getting that above themselves. I might have done that to you a couple of a times. Few times. You, yeah. yeah, but it's not out of. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's just out of like oh, get a grip a bit. You yeah, know, like you're right. That's Absolutely. what people. I wish some sometimes. But once I got to a certain age, I wish people had done that to me. I needed it, but there was nobody would do it because I think they were, you know, yeah. whatever. Because I, I look, you know, you you still look like you, and I an old fella now you know but it's just whatever it was I, I, I could have done with that myself but it's not in a bad way just like no you don't want to do that you maybe do that or you know I don't think there was anything like that with me and you but you know there was a few people that had yeah, to yeah. Pull, pull to one side look you maybe not want to do that yeah. or never want to do that but I had a match with Sammy and so that was my actually my last match in Dubai in Dubai wow. in front of about 30 people at a tryout <laughs> and then I got back from there two weeks later I'd come down to Florida and my son had just broke up. Uh, our Bailey had just broke up from school and I brought 
Chris, my wife, and Bailey down with me, and we spent a couple of weeks down here. And we went to get. Um, no, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. So after after Dubai, I went to to the UK, and I wasn't. I was on the tour doing appearances. I wasn't wrestling. So we're in Leeds, and we're, I'm doing an appearance. I think I did one of my shows. Mm. That's and right, because so, you were doing your one man shows, shows, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and that was all that ever turned up, one man. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you? Big draw me. There you go. So we go. And uh, I was taking photographs with people, and one fella come up, and hello, how are you doing? And took the photo. He walked away, and as the other person was coming up, I just flicked my hair out, me, spun my head to the side to flick my hair out my eyes, and my legs just went from under me. And luckily there was a wall behind me and I just st stopped myself. Mm. And I, I went, oh, that was weird. And I just stood up again, nothing, like nothing had happened. Oh, wow. But, you know, looking back now, there was plenty was happening and I was just, like, well, yeah, it's yeah. gonna be like this. Although I could still do 300 squats, Hindu squats, you know, sometimes I was dragging my legs about and they were swelling up. Oh, it's just cause I'm a wrestler and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, knowing, but also knowing I got a, Bad, bad art, but, uh, but they've told me it's okay as long as I do this. And you know, mm -hmm. all these things building up, building up, building up. And so, two weeks later, I was down in Florida. We went to Gatorland. We got out the car, and my wife, Chris, just before we went in, she, you know, she just said something to me. She put her hand on my shoulder, and I fell against the car. My legs completely went from under me, and I just fell, I fell flat, oh like gosh, hit the car. And I went, oh, and I got up and I went, oh, here we go. That's a bit weird, isn't it? So <laughs> I thought when I get to NXT, I better mention something about that because that's definitely not right. Of all the things I've gone through, that's yeah. two times in two weeks. That's not right. And you know your body too. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I knew I was, you know, I was. So I, uh, I get back, I end up going and have MRIs. I'm... I get the disc and I give it to, to the doctor there. And I, this is, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, 10 minutes before I'm going out to do three hours of commentary, the doctor puts it into his computer. He puts it on and this doctor was very stoic and didn't say anything. And he starts swearing. Well, I never heard him swear, this particular doctor going, F, 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 like that. And I'm, he said, are you okay? And I'm going, yeah, why? He said, are your legs okay? Hang on. Next thing, hands me the phone, Dr. Maroon in Pittsburgh. Right, I'm looking at these pictures. Can you move your legs? Yeah, and I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. doing the river dance. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 I'm all right, yeah. Uh, well, and he's like all panicking. Time to go. So I went and did three hours of commentary. Come back, back on the phone to Doc. After three hours of commentary, back on the phone to Dr. Maroon. Get on the plane. We, we, I can't do it till Monday. This is Thursday night. Get on the plane on Sunday. Bring a family member with you. Do not do anything. Don't sneeze. Don't move. Get up here straight away. Whirlwind, I'm up in Pittsburgh. I go in and he's going, I don't know what I'm looking at here. But what I am, I've only, and this is directly from Dr. Maroon, who is, is an incredible, I know there's been some terrible he's an things expert, about though. him. Some terrible things with that movie made him look, oh, a lot of things that weren't right. Very, very wrong, but he's been wrong to about that. Expert in necks, necks especially. He went, I've only ever seen 
something as bad as this before and that person was already in a wheelchair. I don't know how you're walking. And I'm going, no. I'm really, I'm going, yeah, no. Yeah, I said, I was, I was just bridging the other day. I do a, do a three minute bridge every day with my nose touching on the mat, right? That's what I, I keep doing, right? He's going, no, it's, it's, I just don't know what I'm looking at. Um, I, I go up and have a surgery. So it's supposed to be an hour. They go in, it's the first one in the front. They go in, I wake up and I say to me, my wife sat by the bed and she's like, oh, sir. I said, what time? I look at the clock, it says six o'clock. And I went, what's that? She said, you went in there four hours. I went, four hours? Then Dr. Maroon comes in, he looks like he's run a marathon. And, and he went, I, I can't, but it's... So he starts to explain, he said, if I'd have known what it was, I'd have gone straight in the back. He said, you, uh, he said, we're going to have to eventually go right in the back. He said, but once you're out, and he's yeah, saying yeah, all yeah. these things to me and I'm going, what, 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 what? Yeah, yeah. I'm still trying to come out of this haze, right? So eventually I find out. They've opened me up and they've found out why my MRI looks so bad is you can't see it on an MRI. I have got a huge, big, like baseball-sized bottle of calcified jelly stuff holding my neck together. And it's been like that for an each after talking, probably from that match with Steamboat. Good Lord. Whatever exploded in my neck and has just been holding this thing together. And again, like I said, I used to get these things, sure. you know, things in my hands and different stuff and whatever else. So he said, once I opened up, I see this mass. So it took him four hours to scrape away that so he can do fix it from the front. So I've got pictures where there's a, there's just screws in at the front. Mm. At first, put my neck back together. I was the first time I was sleeping in 20 years. I hadn't slept since, because yeah. they had brought, remember, you remember, yeah. I never used to sleep. No. Three days at a time, I couldn't sleep. You'd be man. pacing uh, international flights it's up and down, down the aisleway the whole time. Yeah, yeah I yeah. just couldn't sleep. And it was bad. You know, people, they say, I can't sleep. No, I couldn't sleep. Three days at a time, yeah, which sleep. is another story. I, I can go on and on with this <laughs> stuff. But And what they did was find out that they brought somebody in to see me when I was there. And they said, how long has this been happening? I said, well, uh, lifestyle has it. Well, since I've been 16, I've been in wrestling. I've been in, in nightclubs, you know. But so you, you know you, that doesn't help. But yeah. what they thought happened was once I did this to my, I said really the end of about the end of 1993 was when I started at, at being like this, and that's 20 years later. This that's what set me off taking pills. I never used to drink till I came to America. Yeah, right. I never did anything. I, well, I can't say I, I've done a few disco biscuits before then. Like, you know, original raver, you know what I mean? Like, said, but but I, I wasn't, that wasn't my thing. Drinking and any yeah, of that yeah, stuff yeah. wasn't. I was just about the wrestling, right? I, and I wasn't, just wasn't my thing. I never drank, never did anything. Came to America, just whatever, you know. You, you, all of a sudden, I've got everything I want. I know that, you know, everybody's got a different goal. I mean, I didn't think it had last, but it did. And then I signed and I've got everything I want. I was under no illusions because WCW got paid a flat rate. So mm. I was under no illusions of going anywhere. There were certain times at the end of that first year when I'd, I'd gone in and sort of said, well, hang on, I'm actually, and other people telling me you're quite in a position here. And, and then, you know, getting told, well, we can't pay you that because we're paying other people that. And if we pay yeah. you that, we can't warrant paying them that. So I get it. 
that, that's just me yeah, it, yeah. it's like yeah i could fight that but i was just like okay mm -hmm. i get it you know and it was a slow build-up for me of making i get that it was just knocked out no, but, but like you said the, all of those things led to this like because if you're thinking about the the neck and the issue there yeah. like that's how masawa died was yes. had and when he took that last bump they basically said he was decapitated with his head still yeah, on yeah. his neck basically broke after and i i oh, you know this is gonna maybe ruffle a few feathers i thought when that happened this is gonna smart up smarten up this industry yeah and still people are doing that stuff yeah and i'm sorry to say that but i did it the other day yeah the other day one, and, the one time it'll I'm, never happen again and i'm telling you that everybody if you there is other ways you do not need to be dropped getting dropped on your head telling you this now if nothing else that's the one thing more than anything with me it's not what i can help you with just come up to me and ask me not what to do and i'll save you 10 years of your career <laughs> yeah that's the greatest thing that gift i can give you i'll just tell you what not to do mm -hmm. if you want to learn how to get over and, and, and put matches together send them to you send mm -hmm. them to christian send them to other people go and talk to these fellas these fellas will tell you i, I just do me I just go out and I can just react to things mm -hmm. and because of experience and whatever, I just do me. I, I, you, we've talked about this on yeah, this show. Many times. I, I, if I'm on with somebody who knows how to put a finish together, it just works because I wouldn't call anything. I yes. just go out and it's just, just on instinct and whatever. It sometimes clicked and it sometimes didn't. That's That was me. That's so, amazing. So I, I follow another year, another year after I get the neck done, about eight months. Oh, sorry, I started sleeping. Right. When they brought a, a person in, Dr. Maroon got some specialists to come in. They said, well, so when did this like, where you couldn't sleep for three days and stuff? And what I used to do is not sleep for, for days at a time. And then when I did sleep, I would pass out exhausted and I would wake up every hour, every hour with my hands twisted up in a ball. And I used to just joke about it. Look, I got T-Rex hands like that. Mm -hmm. And then I'd straighten them out and then I would pass out again. That was my life for, for all that time, nearly 20 years mm. of doing that. And I got through. And so that's at the end of two, 1993, that's what started me down the path of taking things to knock me out. Right. To get some, right. of course, just of to course. shut my head off, to stop it racing. So what they, they explained to me was what they think anyway. This, whatever, this massive gel around my neck. Every time I lay down and went to sleep, whatever was messed up in my neck, my head would turn a certain way, pinch the nerves, shoot adrenaline through my body, because it's a save your body, right? Flight or fight or flight. Fight or flight, yeah. There we go. Boom, shot me awake. Ah. So after a while, it just conditioned to not want to go to sleep because it's trying to, it's a mental thing. Right, trying to protect your body, yeah. protect my body. So that's what I was dealing with for for all those years imagine how good i could have been if i wasn't like that <laughs> right? absolutely right yeah <laughs> i mean i did, no. did, did okay out of it right <laughs> and that's what but I'm, and i'm not saying this as a woe is far from it it's just the, the facts right I don't, i'm not not look don't god I hope nobody ever thinks i'm out for any sympathy because mm. i'm not I just well, this take is just the story of all the stuff the that you've stuff. been through so we get to the eight months later i start not sleeping again i'm not my neck's not right again. Dr. Maroon sends me for another thing. We've got to go in the back. That was the end of it. That was, mm -hmm. that was then they went in. And f again, thanks to Dr. Maroon and thanks to WWE because they paid for everything. Mm -hmm. 
he said to me, this is, um, we don't have anything to judge this again. This is four discs. He said, and luckily, again, this is all for very great fortune for me. There is a surgeon in New York that has come up with a new kind of mm. treatment. He said, where it, it's titanium and it is all in, flexible. Otherwise, he said, I can only do two rods and you are completely fused. Right. That's what four discs is. Two rods, which is what still what most people would get if they got that. Very few people can still do this thing. All these, since two, that is like, what, eight years later, because there's not enough people learn this technique or can afford this technique. That's where WWE comes in. They paid for this for me. Right. And this is ridiculous. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds. They, they paid for this for me. Right. So... He said, I can't do this, but I want to learn how. If you can not do anything for six weeks and not sneeze, I'd, if you could not do that, because he said, I want to be able to watch him so I can learn how to. Um, it's going to take six weeks for him to be able to come and do it. So for the next six weeks, I'm, I'm going about my business. I go up and then they cut the back open and put this. If you There's pictures floating about, but you can see this thing but luckily you can move your neck you're fine you're great I can turn anyway do anything yeah yeah it was a long recovery it wasn't good because again this is all gonna i know it's a long-winded everything with me is a long-winded story <laughs> but my art was also getting this Overworked. is this is where we go this is because i stopped wrestling and because i'd slowed down this sack around my heart locked down basically the scarring locked down and it started to calcify inwards and slowly and slowly i was having more and more things of my heart going out of rhythm and different my legs swelling up and it was just building up and there were i was going to from doctor to doctor and getting all these different things but I just got through it. I'd never just kept going and somehow managed to keep doing me training what I could. Again, my arms were like, I got over the surgery. Oh, here's another little bit. It's just nonstop. Um, we went on, whenever NXT did the show in London, we were on the NXT tour. I just had the surgery. The, but I, I was insistent on going because it was, we did Blackpool. And yeah. it was like the first NXT show in Blackpool. I couldn't believe it, you know, yeah. and like in my hometown. And, and I wanted to see my dad before Christmas because, again, you know, these things that give you a, a shock. Like, I need to see my dad. I'm, I'm over here and he's old and he's over there and I need to see him because I might not last, right? And, uh, sorry, you're becoming my therapist here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, riveting. It, it went. I insisted on, so the day before we left, I'm getting my hair cut and something happened and I feel this pop in the back of, in the Eesh. scar. Again, this will all tie in later with the heart and it was causing fluid to gather in my liver. My liver wasn't processing properly, which means I wasn't processing protein properly. And so the scar popped open. So I started leaking, just leaking spinal fluid out of a hole in the back of my neck. I've got pictures of that as well. But I insisted on, I packed it and I went on tour. 
And when I got there, they're like, what are you doing? The doctor's like, what are you doing? I said, I've, I've got to make, I've got, we're in Blackpool. And it was one of the greatest nights of my life. But also afterwards, I didn't go out or see any of my friends. I had to go back to the room because the doctor there was twice a day having to pack this thing because it was just leaking spinal fluid. Oh my gosh. Well, it got to a point where they just said, it's just too much. We're going in to do a takeover in London, which I'm like, really excited about but I mean it, this is bad Dr Maroon again on the phone I was in Nottingham uh, with NXT he went right he said I'm going to tell you this and there's two things that can happen to you he said I'm trying to think of the, the name of it my mind slips me now but yeah. it's some really serious thing because I've got if an infection gets in your spinal column you're done. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know why I can't think of the name of it, but you're done. Well, sepsis or whatever. So maybe, yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, yeah. you, you, you're done. You, it's wheelchair for you. This is it. So I was like, taxi. You know, yeah. like I, I had to cut you. I did the Blackpool thing. I never got to see my dad, which was bothering me for the whole time. I had to fly back to Pittsburgh. Next day, they took me to Manchester, flew me back to Atlanta, straight to Pittsburgh. Never went home, straight to Pittsburgh. And I had to sit for eight. That when you have an open wound, they, they can't restitch it up. It has to heal. And with its spinal fluid leaking, yeah, you, the the only thing they could do for me, I had to sit upright for eight. They put a spinal tap in 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 the bottom of my back, and for eight straight days, I had to sit there sat upright couldn't lie down so i never slept for eight days and every two hours 24 hours a day they were coming in and they would release the spinal fluid the oh excess spinal and when they do what your spinal fluid does it stops any nerves touching your spinal column so he said you're going to be in some kind of pretty bad pain and i was like okay he said there's nothing we can give you for it because we don't know what's going to happen oh, you know you, you can't so I sat there upright for eight days with a drip in my arm and, and this spinal thing coming out. And then every two hours for eight straight, every straight, every two hours, opening this thing, this tap. And for 30 minutes, while this fluid drained off, me screaming because it felt like either my toes were getting chopped off, my oh knees were getting chopped God. off, my head was getting chopped in half. Every nerve in my body was getting rattled and it was just like being stabbed like constantly. It was serious oh, stuff, God, right? Yeah. It was real serious stuff. So <laughs> that I went home at this was right before Christmas. I went home at Christmas. I like I've got to go with still with a thing coming out with two bulbs still collecting the fluid. It, like Oh my gosh. So I got home like twenty I think 20 something of December you know look I want to go I've got to go on for Christmas oh no you should stay at no I'm going home I insist I want to be with again I don't know if I'm going to make this or not right you've told me that this is whatever it is I could get here I'm going home alright let's continue the story you were talking about the complications you had from your back and neck surgery and you wanted to be released from the hospital to go home for Christmas I went home and that healed up anyway I'd forgot about that I'm glad, I, I'm glad, really glad it's running. That's why I'm now, whatever it is in my head, I don't hold on to anything. I just, it's gone. 
And it's a good job because a lot of this stuff can rape. And this I'm, is therapeutic. This is, this is it. This is what's doing it for me. I just bought it. It's gone. I, I don't know what I do. I'm lucky I can do that because people hold on to grudges yeah. and stuff or hold on to stuff and it affect. I just obviously it affects me at some point. It, right. It is now. But it, it didn't. I just, it's just me. It's a shrug my shoulders. Let's mm. get on with it. Get the job done. Right. So that happened. Anyway, it got 2018 started. First few months, I was having all this swelling in my legs, and I go on a, a scouting trip to Costa Rica because again, it was for there's all these things that we did. And Canyon, I, mean, I want to just mention Canyon again because he was such a part of my life for a, it was a great fella. He would get these whatever instructions we need to do this for the network or we need right. to do that, and he would organize these incredible trips they're hard obviously the tryouts but he would bring people from all these areas from all over the world and give them an incredible experience for three days they would work hard in the day because you know to find out whether they wanted to do this and if they had any aptitude for it but they would he would take them all out to eat and you would see people from different countries who would never meet each other and it was a it Truly, like wonderful experiences to see all these people that would never in a million years yeah. have met each other, all gather in one country, <laughs> and I and literally people out of out, out of slums in India, and I mean that in, in and not in a bad way. I mean just poor people. I've been to their houses where I've had to step over open saw, sewers, yeah. and people and bring them together, and give them all a wonderful experience, and so. But also, in, in between that, I'm doing my thing, and it's we, we, in case we need people from South America, in case we need people from me, in case we need... So there's that going on. And then there's the UK tournament. Um, I had two days, three days to put... I was in Australia. I get a call. Can you... Uh, you fly back. Got to cut the... You cut the tour short. Fly back. We're announcing it in two days. Uh, we're announcing it... At, tournament that's this is december in, in australia we're announcing a tournament in two days at the o2 can you get 16 british wrestlers in two days we're going to announce this tournament and <laughs> it's going to happen in january in blackpool and i'm like okay because i'd just been over there in the summer and, and went and actually went around for two weeks and saw everybody and watched everybody up close and uh, they'd work out and couldn't ask I, I, on the phone i was on the phone in the car park after the show in australia i don't know what time it was for every 13 hours difference or something to england i was in the car park stood out you'll remember there's a place in australia where outside it's a smaller building there's like a wooden something like the, a long wooden yeah and there's like a, you, the coaches part there and you the, yeah, like yeah, an yeah, office yeah. we were there well, i forget where it was brisbane maybe, Bris brisbane, maybe. Yeah. and i was there on the phone going fellas can you meet in the I, I don't know really what's got, what we're doing this thing and can you keep it quiet and just and I turned up two days later well no a day like whatever it was God knows I don't know but yeah. somehow I managed to get to England I turn up at the O2 I turn up and there's 16 fellas well no there was more there was 20 because there was some extras as well all suited and booted looking like real professionals and there's a picture I couldn't been any prouder right I was just like thanks fellas well, sorry, lad. You got to wear all this stuff. I'll get that on my system, but couldn't have been any prouder for, for, for 
the inner British wrestler that these fellas all turned up and all turned up looking the business. Yeah. I mean, it just it looked like Peaky Blinders. The lot of them <laughs> were all stood there like, and I'm like, I'll pull this off. And then a month later, they win that tournament, and that led to whatever. There's just these things that happened that were incredible things that we seemed to pull off with a very few amount of people. There was Canyon and Kristen Altman, who was who was a Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman. The things that she does. One other different at different times, Paul Fair and 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 Cammy Levin, people who helped Canyon, and me doing the wrestlers. With that was it. That was talent relations, right? The most underfunded thing in the company that doing so much stuff doing everything yeah. and doing everything for everybody and trying to get all these things and create all this content because it was all about selling the network yeah that was it and the cruiserweight tournament i had i think i don't know what whatever time i had to do that can you right yep got that done may young yep got that done second one i handed a lot of that over to um to sarah del rey and and to um God, I'm just talking oh, to Serena. Her. Serena. Yeah. I handed a lot of that and I said, just bring me in if you need me, but you take the role on this because it's your thing. You should be in charge. You know, I'm not, I, I don't need any thanks for anything. You take that over, right? So, anyway, these are all things that are in, just along the way. So, 2018, go to Costa Rica. I get off the, this is March, beginning of March, right? Ryan Katz is waiting for me. Down in the, he's, he'd gone, come on a different plane. I'd come from straight from Atlanta, four-hour flight. I get off the plane. I'm not, fe I'm feeling a bit dizzy, but not, not bad, right? And just so anybody knows, that no drinking, no anything before anybody might think you're done with that. Years that was, yes, yeah, that's that's that was just. This is all things in my heart, right? I go to, as soon as you come off the plane, it's like a rush of people trying to get down one escalator. You know, people just start pushing them. Yes. I go to, I've got my roll on, my carry-on bag and it's on wheels. And it, this is what I think happened. I just remember being at the top of the escalator. This is one o'clock in the afternoon. I'm going to watch a South American wrestling tournament for three days or so. To try, because we might be going, we right. might need some you people. You need to find guys, in. yeah. I just get off the plane. I'm not, feel a bit like light. I mean, you know, not quite right. I go like with, with the, with the bag, it catches, all I can remember is it feel, felt like something caught the, the wheel, it, the wheel the caught the, you know, the actual, the banister thing. The escalator. escalator yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the, the rubber thing. And next thing I feel smash. And that's all I can remember. I fell forward. It, it it I caught you. Oh. I fell down the escalator. Luckily, I hit the rubber rail. It sh completely shattered my left eye socket. You're kidding me? Jeez. No, knocked me out. And luckily, Ryan Katz heard the commotion and come and found me because I didn't. I had three weeks of amnesia after that. I have no idea what happened. I was in hospital for a week. <laughs> so I was. In, I was in hospital for a week in Costa Rica, um, and. I lost, I'd shattered my eye socket, I had three weeks amnesia, I, I lost 40% vision in, in my left eye, which I still haven't got. I, everything's grey. I can oh. see, but it's all grey, right? So, head injury, you know, finally they got me back home. I was doing some pretty mental things from what, my, unfortunately, my wife had to go through, some pretty 
but no clue what what I was doing because you were completely amnesia. Completely, wow. I have no recollection of the next three weeks. But doing some really mental things. That's we haven't got time for yeah, that because yeah, yeah, that yeah. three weeks in itself is is a full show of insanity and me again me nearly bleeding to death at one point losing two pints of blood good lord man right I this is none of this right right because yeah, we haven't been around these no we them. haven't nor would i tell anybody that's this it's just we haven't spoken we no. text a few times we never mentioned right. yeah well i'm not gonna because right. that's just I'm, I'm not out for any kind of pity party or anything it's no, just no, what happens it's just life for me and it you know so, so you so fall, you I go down, down this thing, boom, I get back home, three weeks of madness at the house, but then I come out and I have to go to all, they, again, WWE, it's, it's weird because I'm here now, but WWE got me into, because it was a brain injury, the Shepherd Centre in Atlanta, which is the, there's three top places in the world and the Shepherd Centre is one of them for brain injuries, One, and that's the, that's the one in America. And you have to, it's, Poor people have to wait for years to get into there. They got me in there and I felt bad about it because there was people in there that needed it and I didn't feel like I did, but I was in there. And then they recommended I had all these treatments and I, I, I breezed through all these treatments in six weeks. I had to learn how to just balance and all these things. Yeah. But at the same time, my legs are swelling up worse and all this stuff. And I'm just trying to walk and I'm thinking it's the head injury. I'm not sure... You know, because I know I've got a bad heart. I've wrestled for all these years, all this stuff, and I'm like gasping for air. And anyway, eventually I come back to work. Um, I think it was I came back for a couple of months. That year I went to Bowler, um, and I saw a few people, and you know it was a great show. And I had a, I, so I used to I used to really enjoy going out there and watching the show. Mm -hmm. I, I had a wonderful job because not only did I get it wasn't the job or whatever anybody wants to think. I got to watch a load of really great wrestlers yeah. do the thing. I like, I'm from a different country. I come from a different style. I went to different countries. I love different styles of wrestling. I just like wrestling. As long as, and I don't care if it's what, what you're like. I have a, things that I like to see, but I don't care as long as you're putting effort in. Mm -hmm. it, there's no right and wrong. It's whatever works. Connecting with your audience, well, keeping the people who are paying you happy mm -hmm. is really the number Going one back thing. To that, getting right? hired. Yeah. That's the number one thing in wrestling. Yeah. Second thing is getting connecting with the fans. If you can connect somehow and or, or get paid, that, that's it. Yeah. That's yeah. what you've got to do, right? <laughs> somehow. The, the, the extra stuff is all whatever you want to make out of it, right? So I went to that show, but I was stood up for... I just I used to do the two nights because the last night wasn't the tournament. It was the, well, the tournament final. Yeah, I got I'd you. seen everybody by right. then. I, sometimes I did, sometimes I didn't. But I was struggling. Like, I was struggling. My wife come with me because she likes LA. LA. She don't no interest yeah, yeah, in yeah. wrestling. She'd ne right, never never been yeah. all the years <laughs> I've been with her since I was seventeen. She never liked wrestling. She doesn't watch it. No interest. Mm -hmm. But she was at the hotel. We tried like tried to walk up the from the hotel in Santa Monica to the just local shopping center. I couldn't even walk there. I was that out of breath and my legs were so swollen, but grip my teeth, go to the show, stand at the back. I used to stand, I'm giving one of my tricks away here. I used to always find a spot where I could stand and look at it, eye level of the ring, because I knew that's what the cameras would pick up. Uh -huh. So it, I never went to anybody and I'm not, I don't try and push advice on people. I did 
if I'm at NXT and I'm or or just trying to help, if somebody asks me for help, I'm going to help them. They might not like what they're going to hear sometimes, but it was I was looking at it from a TV standpoint or trying to help get these fellas jobs or ladies, whoever it was I was watching when I went to any independent shows, I would stand and watch, and then you can see through the tricks. Uh. And so I'd say they'd probably come into me asking me how can I do that and I go maybe you want to do this detail stuff yeah. because that will I, I'm thinking of it odd cameras will pick that up and see through your trick you I was a big thing of not giving my tricks away that was one thing that I can hold my hand up I, I might not there's people you know incredible wrestlers far more incredible than me and mines and you're one of them with the incredible mind to know when to do the right thing at the right time I might, I can say, it's probably me and Fit Finley are the people that know that we might be the best detail wrestlers around because you cannot see through our tricks. I agree. Right? That That's all I, agree. I can hold my yeah, hand I agree. up to. Right? And I'm not, I can't go off my feet. I can't, well, you know, because I go on the top rope, I get a nosebleed. <laughs> Scream, <laughs> it's not my thing. Heights. But anything, I can't, I, I, I own up to yeah, it. I know yeah, what yeah, I can yeah, do yeah. and what I can't. But detail is what I do. And I, you might not like it if you ask, I'm, I'm it's only trying to help you because I'm but trying to get you a gig. To right. get you a gig, because I know that's what they're gonna. If yeah. you can't fit in quickly, as a wrestler, you're expected to get there and, you know, in NXT and get on board. You're not got the. You haven't got the the, the, the two years that an athlete's got. Yeah. You might have six months. I want you to be as ready for it as you can. Right. It might be not what you want to hear. It might be a shock to you as a, and take away. You can take it however you want, and I'll be polite and people would come. Up. I would never go to anybody and think that I I know what I'm telling. Them. But if they ask me. And a lot of times was, why are you dropping yourselves on your head, fellas? Please don't do that. Yeah. Please, I, I, I can't express. Don't keep dropping yourselves on your head. Yeah. Well, it's and when people no. say, well, it's okay. No, it's, it's not okay. One of these times, it won't be. Yeah, once is enough. <laughs> once is enough, and and you don't want to go through what I've gone through. Yeah. And I've just told you some of what I've got, and it's only some of what the, the, well, ex the excruciating pain of being eight days sat up. With spinal fluid getting drained off you, you don't want to go that. So, anyway, comes round quickly. A few months later, not, I don't know exactly the time frame, but November, they send me for a scan because I'm not like my legs are swelling, and they do a, a scan of my like abdomen, or, abdomen, yeah. and luckily, again, fortunately for me, there's a cardiologist in the room. And this lady went, this lady saved my life. She went, hang on a minute, there's something above that that doesn't look right. But they couldn't scan there again because you've already been injected. This was Friday, yeah. injected with a diet. So we need to do another scan, but we can't do it now because you've just, we can only do one. Yeah, because of the told. fluid. Yeah. Fluid. Come back Monday. I go back Monday, I get a scan of my... A scan that I'd never had before, some type of scan. I get that. I go back Monday. Um, right, you have got to... Uh, sorry, I went home. Within an hour of me being in the house, my cardiologist called me going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm going, why, why, why? He said, we should have thought of this years ago. It doesn't pick up... It's telling me all these things. It doesn't pick up on a, a regular scan. It doesn't... I'm going, what, 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 what? He said, you've probably got less than six months to live what had happened was this sack around my heart had completely calcified oh my my gosh. heart and i can show you this was picture, stuck in a cage in a it looks like a goose egg 
it was completely constricted in a, it had just grown into like a goose oh a solid God. lump of rock i have the foot which i can show you where they've cut me open and he's wrapping on it at the beginning wrapping on this goose egg with a with a scalpel and it's going tap 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 and then three hours later you can see where he's peeled it all off you can see a completely beating heart so that was did then they, did they not think they could peel that goose egg off to see oh, only six months to live though when they actually opened me up yeah they, they peeled the they peeled, oh, but they thought the damage they would be so bad that you wouldn't have much more time no with, this oh. was if they didn't take this gotcha. sorry i'm gotcha. sorry gotcha gotcha if they didn't take this off now i would have six months to go right so they had to take it off right then it's called a pericardectomy it's a very rare operation there's only a few people can do that again fortunately wwe got me a doctor in atlanta that did this for unbelievable me. one of the few that can do this a serious thing right so got that off me i've got pit my heart beating now i was eight weeks in hospital after that this is november the 23rd i think january the 4th of that oh i insisted on coming out at christmas because our bailey was back from england right and it was right before he went to japan he was supposed to start in japan in in the april and our bailey come back and he was home he was because he was living in england training and, and, and wrestling in england and he'd come home and i went i'm going home for christmas because i the first time in my life i was used to shrug stuff i, I thought I'm not going to make it. I'm going to die. I, I, I just, I, I was in so much, for eight weeks they were trying, well, this is about, I think about four weeks in, there was, I had leak, like fluid leaking constantly out my legs. I was swollen up like the, like the, the Michelin man. I was lay on a bed for eight, well, no, for about four and a half weeks. I had a drip in both arms. I couldn't move, literally couldn't move. I was cramping up because they were giving me diuretics to try to, yeah, to, to get take the fluid, fluid out. Yeah. But cutting my sodium down. And I was just cramping up like from head to toe. I insisted on going home. I had to struggle out and have a nurse come in. But by New Year's, New Year's, was it New Year's Day? Well, I forget. I woke up in bed. My, my wife's trying to do her best and I'm insisting on staying out of hospital. But they, they're going, no, you've got to go. I was screaming the house down. I just cramped from literally from my, my eyelids to my toes, and I fell out of bed and on the floor. My wife couldn't move me. I barely come in, and my other son and picked me up off the floor, and uh, they got an, an ambulance. And this, I was just completely cramped up. Got me back in hospital. So finally, I got through. And the only way I can remember it is, I thought I was going to die. It was really bad. And it was January the 4th. Somehow I got sepsis in my leg. Again, this is all things that happened to me. And, and you know, I, I, you know, everybody's got the thing. I just, I, somehow I think, I don't know why I think, mm. I, I don't believe in anything, but some something gets me through this stuff. Yeah. January the 4th, my wife gets a call three o'clock in the morning. Your husband, this is a Sunday night. Your husband's, I think anyway, I, I could be getting this wrong, the dates and the, that it's definitely Sunday night because it wasn't the normal doctors, right. weekend doctors. Right. He's got a huge big thing of where because I was just swollen up and all this my legs were swollen up. He's got sepsis in his leg. We're gonna cut his leg off in, and he's got probably 24 hours to live if we don't. Oh my gosh. This is another it's like madness. This, the doctor who was looking after me, his wife is a doctor, she was on call. 
She overheard because they're not allowed to talk to each other about cases. She overheard oh a conversation that there's a fella who's had a pericardectomy, which again, when I was in hospital, it was like the elephant man. If you ever seen that movie, yeah. they were bringing people in all the time to look at me. And I'm like creamed. <laughs> I'm absolutely double cream lying there. And all, kind of, and all these doctors were coming in to stare at me because they, they, like, they don't, you don't see this thing, right? So she heard this and called her husband at home, woke him up and said, they're about to chop his leg off. He called them and said, inject him with this, 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 and this. And somehow, that's because they weren't going to do it, they were going to chop right. my leg that off. That worked. That worked and saved my leg. And so we can't go. So they did that. We get through, again, back to Blackpool again. You know, everything in my life comes and goes out of Blackpool, and, and which is good. Um, been wonderful town to me. Um, I'm lying in hospital bed. Now, I've you know that when you have open heart surgery it's pretty painful right <laughs> and on top of all these other things right <laughs> so there's two days before i remember two days before the nxt uk show from from uh blackpool where walter who is now called yeah. guns where he debuted i'm in hospital and something in my brain just went click and i thought i'm gonna be okay I don't know what it was. Something just went, you're going to be okay. And then it was just for the next two weeks was me trying to get out of hospital. Because if you're in hospital, I hate to say that as wonderful as people are, you're going to stay sick. You need to get out. You need to get out and get yourself healthy if you know how to. Yeah. And I got myself. So I was, I probably could have kept me in there for a long time if I hadn't have got out. Right. But after two weeks, I got out. And I, I watched the UK tournament on the bed. It was the first time I'd let Dave Taylor come to see me because he kept coming and I thought, I can't have him come. Yeah. I'm in so much pain and you know how much he makes you laugh. Yeah. Even not meaning to, just because he's moaning. He is. moaning <laughs> and he just makes me laugh. He's either making you laugh on purpose or he's making me laugh because he's moaning. Exactly. I couldn't have him come because I was in so much pain with my chest and all these things going on. I, I didn't want him to... But I felt good enough to say, why don't you come over and we can watch this. I, I put it on, somehow I managed to, off my iPad, put it on the screen and we watched the UK tournament and I'm, I'm texting with H as this UK tournament's going and I'm sat in the hospital in, in, in Atlanta doing this show and we, we're texting backwards and forwards and Dave's there and I got out a couple of weeks later and I started straight away trying to just walk down to the end of the path, walk, get me, and, and then within it, very quick time i was walking three miles a day and within two months i was doing 500 squats again let's do this 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 has been <laughs> honestly this has been riveting if you i've never done this before this is a first in talk is jericho history if you want to do this why don't we wrap for now because all right we'll, yeah, we'll go to work to do yeah why don't we get back together next week now that we've gone through this whole trial and tribulation and talk about some of the other stuff that we never got the chance to talk about would you like to do that? Yeah, if you want. Yeah. I would love to have you a, a, a yeah. live two-parter, because yeah. this has been talk about the conversation going in a different. I'm going to say a different direction, but right? it's been amazing, and I'm glad that you got some therapy out of it, and I'm glad that you're here. Glad that you're still <laughs> with us, man. <laughs> Is that cool? Should we do yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. All right. Amazing.